Welcome to the Brampton Talks podcast. We are back after a month's hiatus, which we would like to apologize for. I will take the blame fully for that. Um, I've been away traveling, but these guys have been ready to go. Um, so we're back and we're happy to be here. And we've got a few stories here for you guys today. Totally so, unacceptable. I, to- I completely agree. Kita, how dare you go on vacation without us? <laughs> you, you drove away listenership. Can we just, yeah. bl- we're going to blame it on winter. Like this winter has been brutal and um, I had to get away. Nikita's nickname is Winter. Yes, winter is coming. (laughs) So today on the podcast, we are talking about Brampton's budget, the SNC-Lavalin issue, and a recent town hall on healthcare with Brampton's PCMPPs. The SNC-Lavalin scandal and Jagmeet Singh winning the by-election in Burnaby, these two things are connected. The question is how, and how does it affect Brampton? Well, look at the polling, and you can see pretty quickly what this means for Brampton MPs. The The Liberal Party of Canada is not the sure-shot victory uh, that everyone was predicting, like, literally four weeks ago. Like, it's crazy four, how things turned. Four weeks ago, people were talking about whether, you know, what's the size of the majority? And nothing can knock, uh, nothing can knock the the Liberal Party of Canada. They're riding high. Trudeau's very popular. Uh, Sheer and Jigmeet Singh are struggling as leaders and finding relevancy in this in the electoral landscape. Literally two weeks ago, it's been two three weeks ago. Yeah, everything went to shit for the Liberal Party of Canada, and they've just been struggling trying to deal with this. Add in a nice little mix of Jagmeet Singh actually winning in Burnaby. And now the question of Jagmeet Singh being leader or not has kind of gone out the window. Let's not kid ourselves. That the, the impact Jagmeet Singh will have in ridings like Brampton, and we saw this provincially where the NDP pulled off historic numbers, the people of Brampton are ready to entertain an NDP, NDP candidates. Like, let's not kid ourselves. So if the NDP start killing at the, the Liberal Party of Canada's numbers in, in ridings here in Brampton... And then you have a strengthened conservative party because of things like the SNC-Lavalin scandal, which is only getting bigger and bigger day by day. If you're a Brampton MP, you're looking at your chances right now and you're not as confident as you were four weeks ago. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that we're still such a long way from October. There's lots of time for this to blow over. Why are you being a sensible voice? Like, why can't we just live in the moment of okay, the scandal? Okay, we're going to live in the moment of the scandal. I would say there's a few MPs in Brampton that are probably going to be fine. Ruby Sahoda, even Raj Graywall, despite the fact that he's an independent. There's a few that are going to be fine. There's a a couple that probably should be worried. Well, okay, Brampton East will be fine if Raj Graywall is somehow brought back as a liberal candidate. If if Raj Graywall is not coming back and there's someone else standing for the liberal candidates, and let's say Jagmeet Singh, and there's some rumors that Jagmeet Singh himself comes back to Brampton East. I don't know how wild those are. How does that even work if there's already one? Let's just roll with this. Let's just roll with this, folks. (laughs) Okay, we're rolling. We're rolling. Let's say if Jagmeet Singh comes back, because he still has the opportunity to come back when the writ is dropped. He can still run I'm going to run from Brampton East. I'm not going to run from Burnaby. He can do that. Now, let's say he doesn't, and they send someone else. Let's say someone else from their core team uh, that has some name recognition. I don't know who that would be, but let's just say they send someone in. That riding can easily flip to the NDP without Raj Gudwell there. Right, Raj Gunnell is the only thing between that staying as a red to uh, to not being red uh, in a in a in a NDP kind of surge and in, in a riding in a city like Brampton. But let's say he even he runs as an independent. 
And the, he, they still lose the seat, right? Well, if he runs as independent, say goodbye to the Liberal Party's chance. Yeah. Because he will just kill votes that would have gone to the Liberal Party of Canada. Yeah. So, yeah, Brandon Denise is a, a crazy dynamic. But yes, carry on. That's going to be a fun one to watch. So we got that. I would say that there's a couple that they'll be fine. This will blow over f- fine for them. I do think that there's a few that, that should be worried. If Jigmeet decides to run like full scale Jigmeet mode here in Brampton, then yeah, there's a few that should be worried that there is a potential for it to flip to NDP. Well, look, the SNC-Lavalin scandal has, I, I think the Liberal Party of Canada has lost grasp on it. Um, I think they thought it was just going to kind of blow over and not be that big of an issue. Like Trudeau's inability to kind my, of deal with this scandal. My big issue is just the fact that the PMO has not taken charge of the issue from the get-go. No, they, they, at all. They knew what they, was happening. They knew something was going to happen. Like there was inklings of it in the news. So they knew something was going to happen. And instead of, you know, taking charge of the narrative, they've really just dropped the ball on this. They've been bumbling through it, this. It's just, they, it's it's either, you know, Jody Wilson-Raybald is, you know, kind of right, but it's a different perspective, or, you know, or it's like, oh, we're just protecting jobs. They, there's nothing that came out where they were full force defending what they did, right? And I feel like that's why it looks like there's this massive cover-up, mm-hmm. and it's only going to make things worse in doing so. Well, the easy thing would have been for Trudeau to come out on day one, like, look, yeah, you know what? I did want SNC to get the yeah. DPA. And that's you know, all you and need look, to do. The DPA is something we all, it's, it's law, so it's yeah. something that is readily available yeah. to us as a solution. And let's face it. If the SNC gets criminally convicted, they can't bid for projects. That's just killing Canadian competitiveness in the global market. It is nine. Okay, all you got to do is, let's face it, if the Tories were in charge, all you would have heard, you know, for the last three weeks is jobs, 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 right? And I feel like all Trudeau had to do was stand up and say, you know what, when we got into government, jobs were an endangered species, right? And then all we're doing here is protecting Quebec jobs. 9,000 jobs, 9,000 times the median income is probably the estimate of how much GDP you would lose within the scope of that time, right? It's just, it's right there. I don't understand what the hell comms is doing at PMO. The issue is, and someone said this really well, like watching Trudeau go through, this is like watching a unicorn die. Yeah. Because Trudeau and the Liberal government has... Let's face it. They've been more than happy to play to platitudes, and they've been more than happy yep. to take very grandstanding kind of holier than thou positions. It's a very sunny ways thing, and it's like it, yes, it's like you run on sunny so, ways. And this is contrary, <laughs> like trying to force your yeah. in, you're the first Indigenous Attorney General in Canadian history, and your fifty fifty cabinet, and, and a party where you you encourage diversity, but then you're actually not serious about the diversity mm-hmm. when those diverse opinions come out because you want everyone to kind of march on the status quo. Now. Well, now it doesn't look like you're walking the walk that yeah. you're talking, right? So I, I can see why the Liberal Party is kind of struggling with this because they don't want the unicorn to die. Look, they the still unicorn, want that dream to the live The unicorn on. is dead. Oh, it's dead uh, now. Oh, yeah. Look, you <laughs> have to, the you unicorn have to died. You run, okay, this is how it works, okay? If you run as a dick and people expect you to be a dick, scandals will just, you know, deflect off of you. You know, here, Trudeau ran as the nicest guy on earth, mm-hmm. right? You know, such such a nice guy, sunny ways, positive politics. And you know what? Like, you know, there were some good aspects to that, right? 
But it's not going to last. You have to understand, like, you can't just be the nice guy all the time. You got to have, like, a bad cop in there. He had a good run. And I think that that's why people are so up Talking in arms. Talking in past tense. Was because yeah. of that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> not, okay, listen. <laughs> there, there needs to be the bad cop. There's, like, there's no yeah. bad cop. Well, and, and, and that's the big problem. And I think Gerald Butts used to be his bad cop internally. Yeah. Uh, and then he but took the bullet There himself. was no public bad cop. No, there was a bad cop. There, there wasn't, right? You needed a, you need someone to be like, look, at the end of the day, this is about fucking jobs, right? Yeah. Like, like, fuck, like at a certain point, we got to ensure that people are employed because yeah. nothing means anything if people are, don't have money. Yeah. It's as simple exactly. as that. And so, kind of bring it back to the Brampton perspective. Uh, Ruby Sohoda, uh, MP Sohoda, was uh, one of the folks that were questioning uh, Judy uh, wilson Robo, uh, And not any, and that's a tough position to be in. Like a JWR is like almost a martyr at this point. Like amongst the indigenous community, like she's on a fucking pedestal right now as someone that stood up for like indigenous values and indigenous thinking. Uh, And the general public, the general public is with JWR, right? That's who they're supporting, Judy wilson Rabot. And they're not really marching behind Gerald Butts and Justin Trudeau on this right now. Uh, So Ruby Zahoda had some limelight there where she was throwing some of the questions. Um, but the Brampton Brampton liberals are in a peculiar spot because they're probably most impacted with like a Jigmeet Singh win, uh, coupled with an SNC-Lavalin scandal that's going to have an impact across the country, maybe minus Quebec. Mm-hmm. Out of those two things is fairly problematic. Yeah, I if I were the liberals, I would be worried right now. Here's the thing, though. We're a few months out from the actual election. We're going to be voting in October. And there's lots of time for this to blow over and for people to forget. I don't think they are. I'm going to disagree. I think they will. I think we've seen bigger scandals than this. Which one? Give me one bigger scandal in the last four years. Okay, well, here's the thing. There's been no... Okay, not... Let's face the reality. The Here's the thing. There was no nothing illegal done. There was no taxpayer money True. that was, you know, misspent or anything like that. Do I think this was all blown out of proportion because of the way it was dealt with? Absolutely, 100%. And that might affect things a little bit. Like, Andrew Shear can't just be the folksy random guy who's posting random videos on Twitter anymore. Now he's actually kind of in the race. And Jigmeet has won his position, so he could probably bring over some votes. Well, and, 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 I think and, and let's, let's be real here. Neither the Conservatives nor the NDP are going to campaign on letting SNC-Lavalin die. It is a vote killer in Quebec. You're done. If I'm the NDP, grits, Tory, same old story. Right? Like, it doesn't matter. Don't give them talking points. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Hold on. I, I'm post-partisan. I don't, I don't give a fuck, right? It, it doesn't matter if you vote. The conservatives are the liberals. They're both going to handle this issue almost exactly the same. I agree with you, Shashil, on that point. The only party that has the capacity to think of this a little differently is the NDP. And let's talk about jobs for a second. I know this. I mean, the, the party of this labor is, is going to let nine thousand jobs die. Here's, here's, That's not going to happen. Here's, no, no, the party of labor though will not allow corporate wrongdoing mm-hmm. kind of dictate Canadian policy or dictate our position on the rule of law. Now, here's the thing though: those nine thousand jobs, 
are highly sought after engineering jobs that is that true. are that's already in a tight labor market like those people are not going to go unemployed and there's other large canadian construction companies out there there's like the stantex of the world like it's not yeah. just snc and that's all we have as a country so i don't really wholeheartedly buy this the jobs argument either those those engineers will fall into other markets that need them they're dying for them and there's other large canadian construction companies that exist other than snc On Tuesday night, a group of concerned citizens in Brampton held a town hall on hallway healthcare, and a little bit of drama went down. So uh, a bunch of citizens, they got together, they wanted to hold a uh, town hall on hallway medicine. Obviously, we know that Brampton is sort of ground zero for this. We've got, I think it was over 4,000 people that were treated in in hallways in Brampton Civic uh, between 2016 and 2017. Um, and we know this was a big issue during the provincial election. It's been a big issue for a long time. We know that Brampton has gotten the shaft on hel- on uh, healthcare funding. We don't have enough. We've needed a second slash third hospital for a long time. We need our second hospital. And nobody can see me doing air quotations, but I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peel Memorial needs to be upgraded. The inflection in your voice signifies exactly. air quotes. Thank you. Yes. So... Citizens got together. They held a town hall. They invited, uh, I believe it was all the MPPs in Brampton, spe- specifically the PC MPPs. People have been looking to hear from them because they've kind of been MIA. No one's really seen them out at events or had any sort of communication with them over the past few months. Um, they were there. So I ascended the event. Uh, I showed up late. And when I got there at about 8.30, 9-ish, sorry, I would say 8.30, the PC MPPs were not there yet. So oh, my that's initial... That's not a good look. Re- my, oh, it was so not a good look. My initial reaction was, oh my gosh, the headlines tomorrow are going to be like, PC MPPs no-show for Town Hall on healthcare. Um, the NDP MPPs were there. So, you know, th- this has kind of been the dynamic so far. The PC MPPs, super silent in the caucus. They haven't been saying much publicly. They've been quiet. They've been kind of following, you know, everything the party says. The NDP MPPs obviously have been very, very vocal. They're using, they're the opposition. They're mm-hmm. going to be critical. They, it's their job to be critical. Absolutely. So that's, It's not their job to be realistic. <laughs> so that's basically how it went down on uh, Tuesday. The, the NDP MPPs called out the fact that A, the PC MPPs were late, and B, that they have not been doing anything. And they've essentially been absent for a lot of votes on Brampton, not just on hallway healthcare or on healthcare funding, but on the university file and other things. Look, in a tightly ran party system, there's only a few ways you can like make clear your protest as a party member. In this case, I think it's fairly clear by not showing up to vote is one of the few avenues they have right now. Look, it's a tightly ran party system. You got Dean French there who will literally cut off anyone's head if they even like say one word against the party. You got Doug Ford as your leader. Like That is not a space where they're going to allow people to just kind of say whatever they want publicly. At the same time, it makes for some great opportunity to actually put their, you know, ass under fire, right? Yeah, and, and what's the like, NDP I mean, did? And NDP did, but I think, you know, even citizens of Brampton have to do. Um, because, like, it doesn't matter what the nuances are of the party system. You know, whatever party's in charge has to be responsive to the needs of, you know, has to be responsive to local needs. And if they're not doing that, then they're failing. And, you know, if... If you're going to be quiet, right, and if you're part of a party that's 
um, you know, going to keep you quiet, then you are probably better off not being an MPP next time around. Uh, like it doesn't like it, it doesn't matter like what party you're in, right? As long if if you're not representing your local interests, you should be booted out. And if it means your party is incapable of representing Brampton and Brampton's interests, then you know what? Like find another party, cross floors, or just you know lose the next election. Here's the thing. If there was a vote tomorrow, I don't know if our PC MPPs would win. Uh, numerous people brought it up on Tuesday that they have been emailing, they've been calling, they've been faxing, they've been doing everything. They haven't been hearing from their MPPs. Well, which is problematic. Problem. If that's it's true, that's problem. very problematic. Absolutely. I mean, I think that at the very least, a generic cut and paste response at least placates people. Yeah. People haven't been hearing from them. They haven't really been seeing them. They've been absent on these key votes. And I get it. They're in an awkward position. They're both green. They're new. They just got elected a few months ago. And they're not in a position in well, a party they where got, they can... And they got elected on a promise of essentially slashing cuts, the deficit cuts, cuts. and debt. Right? Uh, it's no secret. They also ran on putting an end to hallway health That care. is also that true. That was a huge PC that party promise. That is very yeah. true. And so the, the center is, of hallway uh, health care yeah. is Brampton. Absolutely. And, and now, but we're the, getting oh, I, And it's important to note, though, the hallway health care issue is not one that just popped up in the last six months, right? That is that years is in the making. Once again... It, it, it's, years in the making. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it won't be solved in six it, months. It either. won't be. Well, it's not. And it, here's the reality of the situation is, yes, they've said, there's no way that these people aren't aware that this is happening in Brampton. But look, the Minister of Health knows that this is happening in Brampton. It's been happening for a long time. Now, even if funding got announced tomorrow for a hospital, we would not have that hospital for at least another three to five years. I like, want this to is specify, not a problem that's going to get I want, solved. I want to specify that when they did the budget talks, um, they've... They hit off every city except for Brampton, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, consistently what's happening here is Brampton's getting screwed over. And even on the healthcare file, it's getting screwed over. We're dealing with issues uh, pertaining to, you know, the healthcare system, hallway healthcare, and Bramptonians are not being consulted. And we had, obviously, a town hall yesterday. But it's like, I, f- I kind of feel like, you know, uh, you do all the runs, you you go around all around the province, you know, consulting people, and then you happen to skip, you know, one of the biggest cities in the province. Province, um, you just happen to skip it. I think that's highly problematic. And and if you're unable to kind of, you know, when you're yelled at yesterday, I think that's endemic of the fact that you just didn't show up when people needed you to show up. And it doesn't matter, you know, what the past governments did or didn't do, right? This is the current government. And if you're starting off on this foot, you're already starting off on a, on the wrong foot, and it is an indication that Brampton is not a priority in terms of dealing with the healthcare system. I think we all knew that Brampton was in trouble when the PCs won, for various reasons. But the biggest one being is that we need capital, we need money for a lot of things, and that this PC government is not prepared to do that at this time. They're cutting everything, including healthcare, across the province. Now, how do you solve Brampton's issue when we not only need another hospital, but we need funding to upgrade our current integrated health system? What do you do? I don't know. These PCs, uh, the PCMPPs have said they're they're doing work behind the scenes. They're meeting with members of the caucus. They're meeting with the minister. Is that enough for people? No. People are still pretty pissed off. Yeah. Is it enough to affect change and soon? I don't know. I I don't think they're going to start funding anything like crazy for at least the next six months to a year. Well, it's like people have been hearing that whole, hey, we're working behind the scenes for like 15 years of Ontario Liberal Party rule as well. 
and we never got the hospital that we needed. Uh, we haven't got the second phase of uh, Pew Memorial that we were expecting. And that o- that only came the last, what, six months on the Ontario Liberal Party, right? Even the university announcement came at the very end. Like, everything came at the end before shovels hit the ground. Yep. And that was when times were good. That's when the wallets were wide open and money was being thrown everywhere across this province. Now we're in a time when it's bad. So it didn't happen when it was good. And now the expectations will happen now. The, the tough answer is I'm not holding my breath for really large expenditure kind of announcements and projects coming up from the PC government that is hell-bent on just cutting and slashing the deficit. That is the, the one frame of mind they have. And there's a million criticisms we can levy against the, the PC party. There's a million, right? And I agree. Like the the whole uh, Go Transit thing. Remember when the infrastructure's uh, press secretary yep. said something really dumb because of Shashil, uh just baited him in, into getting to a Twitter flame war, which was a very effectively done. A round of applause for you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, you know that was stupid when the Ontario, when the the uh, the Brampton uh, University got canceled, right? That ninety million dollars for that university. That was unacceptable in my mind, right? There's a lot of issues with decisions that are being made, but the prism in which they're shooting their light through is strictly one of how can we just cut, cut, cut? And they were very clear up front that that is what they're going to do. Now, a promise was also made about healthcare hallway, uh, hallway healthcare and finding a solution. There's something's got to give here. You can't solve that without spending a lot of money, especially in a place like Brampton. Yeah. Like a people more hospital needs expansion, like immediately needs expansion, and plans should be like well, essentially expedited for a third hospital. And I know the city, I think, has put aside some land, or at least staff is looking at putting aside some land for a third hospital in the north uh, west uh, corner of our uh, of our city there, the Heritage Heights area. Um, and I know there's conversations about you know, how can we push that forward. That's like years down the pipeline. The easy one is like, we got to expand people more hospital and actually make that into a full hospital. There was a time when PCs used to raise taxes to fund yes. things. That's what the red Tory days. Oh, no, no. Even during the Brian Mulroney days. Well, Brian Mulroney's <laughs> a red Tory. He's a blue Tory. Trust no. me. It's like, it's like, there's an understanding and appreciation that if like, some of these things are investments, like, yeah. the, the, like a university is an, an investment. investment. And We're not asking you to build a university in a city that already has like six universities. Like you're coming to a city that's a top 10 largest city in the country that doesn't have a goddamn university. Another problem is just like we just have like this American style conservatism that Doug Ford has just imported in. Yes. Which is well, Doug Ford was a very it's like different PC leader than not, Elliot would have been, Mulroney would yeah, have been. Exactly. He's Even Patrick very Brown different. would have been. Patrick Brown was going to be a pra- pragmatic centrist. Yep. And he's proving that as a mayor. Yeah. Like, yep. for all the criticism, and I remember, I and I said this on fucking day one. <laughs> I said this on day one. <laughs> Patrick Brown will be a pragmatic leader and mayor. My issue is not... With Patrick Brown, my issue has always been what is our council looks like because our council will dictate what how Patrick Brown will govern as mayor because he will be pragmatic just to ensure things get moving. Now, we put together a very progressive and strong council. Well, they're taking the shots. They're leading the ship, right? Yep. Uh, party politics is not... like they're, this is, It's the opposite. They're going to take cues from the leadership and the leadership is Doug Ford. Yeah. And let's face it, Doug Ford has always been upfront in how he operates. Yep. Yeah, he's he's an idiot. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sorry. I, this is the thing. Uh, I, I mean, Elliot the majority won. of Brampton did vote for the NDP, 
So we're in a rough spot here where we're kind of being represented by somebody who most of us didn't vote for at the end of the day. And, and it's rough because we need a lot in this city. There's lots of cities across the province that need funding. But on this promise specifically, where Brampton is the, the tip of the iceberg for everything, it's frustrating because who knows what they're actually going to do. If they're going to deliver on this promise to fix this. Well, and there's other things like, so you make a good point. There's so many other... There's other cities out there that are also struggling with different things, right? Uh, and that there's a lot of competing factors right now that go in front of the Treasury Board trying to get money from the province. When it comes down to it, they're all pro- a lot of them are equally as important, right? The hospital one is clearly Brampton needs it. But there's an adversarial relationship right now with the Premier's office and the Mayor's office between Queen's Park and City Hall here in Brampton. And let's face it, Doug Ford... If you ask to make a decision between two equally important uh, expenditures, and one is Brampton and one is something else, he's probably going to go something else because yeah. he hates Patrick Brown. Like, there's no love lost between those two. You know, if he's looking on his schedule, like, where do we hold these town halls and those Brampton and another city? It doesn't surprise me that they would just skip right over Brampton. And three of our five MP- MPPs are not PC MPPs. Like, we're not a we're as far as like people sitting in a room looking at a map. There's other cities that are more PC than Brampton. So essentially, you know, we are geographically and demographically quite important. Yes. Politically, no. Well, they formed a majority without Brampton. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. But the other side of it is very true. Brampton's needs are greater than a majority of municipalities in Ontario. Like yeah. We've been getting the short end of the stick for way too long, and now it's caught up to us. Uh, part of that is a combination of just provincial governments not... Expedi- expediating or just treating our issues seriously and part of that is just we had a really shitty city council that just wouldn't prioritize shit when it did come our way okay. so now we now we've kind of got out of that as far as our city councillors go uh, with Rowena Santos or Harkita Singh or Gurpreet or Paul Vizante. like there's so many good guys Patrini, like all these guys are Marder Madero Honestly, but there's so many good Patrick councils Brown. Yeah. Patrick even, Brown. and Patrick Brown has yeah. proven to be a team player with the progressive like six of our council and so we finally have that going for us we don't have that going for us at Queen's Park yeah. no, with we Doug don't. Ford. It's we rough. just don't. The question is now, where do we go from here? I don't think residents know what to do because they, how many times can you say, we need another hospital, we need another hospital? How many times can you say that to a government that already knows that that is well, a and problem I can say, like, and they're for, not willing for MPP, to address it? Like for MPP Sudgaria and even MPP Sandu, I believe 100% that they actually are trying to tell the, their, their internal caucus and their party that, look, this is an important issue. They want to be reelected too. It's not a yeah. question of that they don't get it or they don't think this is a real problem. They showed up to that town hall where they knew they were just going to get abused. Uh, and they wouldn't <laughs> late, be able to, but they yeah, showed up. <laughs> late, but they, now it's better late than never. Yeah. And they showed up and they knew they were going to get abused. Let's just, like, if I'm a PCer, I know I walk into that room, I, I'm just going to get shitted on it and I'm not going to have anything really to say because the party has literally handcuffed me on this issue. It's not an easy spot to be in. You know, but it, you know what's a more difficult spot to be in? a hallway while you're fucking sick and dying, right? Yes. Like, so it, 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 you're in a rock and a hard place as, a, as an MPP for the PC party. And I don't envy the position they're in, but I also don't doubt that they they, like, they don't care or they actually don't think this is a serious issue. They oh, do. They're, they're humans, they care. And they're from Brampton. They've got to start responding to their... They're humans, they care. They've got to start responding to their constituents, the, though. The I think that's the most like, frustrating thing. I'm, I'm ultimately still of the opinion that, uh, you know people just have to rise up and kick them out. You know, I think 
Well, there's the another three years. There's another. There's three another years. three years. So we might look at some money coming back to to the city, but it's a hard place to be. I don't. I'm not optimistic. You know, for the first time in a long time, I just don't see a solution for Brampton at this time. Because I don't know who's going to budge. Who's going to budge to make this happen? Doug Ford? I don't know. Hey, let's hope the feds pony up. Hey, doubt it. Doubt year. it. You know, they're really... Hey, maybe S- SNC can build us a fucking hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All would be forgiven in that case. All would be forgiven. But I think that's the frustrating thing for the feds, too. They're not willing to step in and fund things that the province should be funding and setting that precedence. It is March and Brampton is in the full thick of things with its budget. During the election, Mayor Patrick Brown promised a 0% increase in taxes. Now the question is, will he be able to deliver on that? Uh, here's a Coles notes. No. <laughs> I would agree. I, I was really surprised that he was bold enough to... to um, promised this maybe he didn't look at the numbers before he promised this because i just don't know how that well, could I ever think, be I think possible the, look politicians do look at numbers when they make promises but at that point in time the numbers they're looking at is yeah. the number of votes needed to win and on top of it <laughs> whenever anybody says any sort of pay freeze you know like any sort of freeze on any sort of like number that you're paying for it's almost always an unrealistic policy <laughs> But 0%, though, that's, like, pretty exact, you know? He yeah. could have said, like, kept it vague, like, hey, we're going to lower taxes. To say 0%, I don't know if that's ever possible. Brampton has a lot of issues, we know. Uh, there's a really high ratio of residential, like, residential people pay the majority of our taxes here in Brampton. We don't have a huge business base to kind of help balance that out. That's our main issue. We have yes. a lot of aging infrastructure. That's the other issue. And that issue was... Well, in the previous term of council was they went at it directly by putting together an infrastructure levy to help pay for that. Uh, the huge infrastructure deficit that the city was sitting on, uh, such for a city of our size that's growing so fast. I think it was the second fastest growing city in Canada last I checked. I imagine it's somewhere near there still. Uh, so to kind of catch up with the infrastructure need of a city growing that fast, that's a suburb that's not very well planned out. You know, you spell you spell yourself out a lot of trouble if you don't really engage this proactively. We're also way too spread out. You know, when we're talking about you know lack of planning, um, that's really the, the, what we did was we essentially downloaded planning to a lot of these housing developers, and they built these neighborhoods. Um, and on top of it, uh, there's no density. There's there's like very very little density in Brampton, and so you have a like these huge costs for infrastructure that an infrastructure is spread out across vast tracts of land, um, but that infrastructure is paid by one household at a time, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas in, say, Toronto or even Mississauga, you have a lot more density. So you have, you know, the reason why they don't deal with property tax increases as large as we do is because they have more people in smaller spaces paying for all the infrastructure. We have less people paying for pretty much, you know, more infra- like for, for pretty much, you know, that amount of infrastructure, and that's the big problem. Yeah, well, uh, Toronto is slightly different too. They, they have more power to generate revenue, uh, yeah. aside from just property taxes, which is essentially all that the city has at dis- disposal, other than what user fees. Yeah, uh, and then how much are you covering with user fees? And then there's other issues with user fees yeah. as well that you know, it's not always a popular option f- uh, with voters. The other issue too with the city of Brampton, it, again, it kind of comes down to like that 2040 vision. 
that's been kicking around now. It's yeah. Like how are we ready to gear up in high density? Are we ready to gear up and provide more lands for employment options or mixed use, mixed use planning? Like, are we ready to do any of that? And where the city of Brampton has failed and other cities, other suburban cities that are also sprawl based like us, they've succeeded at attracting more industry and more co- commerce. And we haven't like, we're so behind the eight ball on that, 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 that revenue source for taxes is completely gone. But going back to this promise of zero percent, like obviously that's like beyond pie in the sky. Like that's like, like I have no idea how you even make a promise like that and expect to actually maintain it. But I think it was more of the sentiment is what Mayor Brown was trying to capture. That's cute. I'm sure the taxpayers will will be happy about yeah. the sentiment it's when the they feelings. go to pay their taxes. It's a feeling of zero percent. It's important. It's going to be zero point eight percent this year, but next year, I mean, what was the number for I think next year? It was four percent. Yeah. So and it's that's, like. The 0.8 is just the city portion, so you're still looking at paying the regional portion and then, of course, the school board portion, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's 1.4% is what it comes out to altogether for this year. Yeah. Now, for comparison's sake, last year was 2.7%, yeah. and the year before that, so 2017, was 2.3%. So when you look at it, the grand scheme of thing, you're shaving off 05 to 0.9% of a tax increase. I... Not as monumental as I think it's being made out to, but as from a purely ratio perspective, it is almost a half cut from the previous year. It's the lowest in 20 years. It is. So, I mean, clop, clop, that's something to be happy about. So but my question is, is what? Five, five years of council, five terms of council? Yeah. It's, it's, and it's, frankly, 20 years ago, they should have been dealing with this, these issues. They should have been thinking about how do we diversify Brampton? How do we make sure we're not just building single family detached dwellings and all these other things? And we well, would probably I, be in a better position. Now, twenty years ago was who? Peter Robinson. I don't I even. Think so. I have to. In any case, my notes. Well, twenty years. It was ago. definitely Gail Miles and John Spivier. Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah, they yeah. were on there for forever. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all roads lead back to those two plus and Lane Moore. My, <laughs> I, I I would think yeah, twenty years ago was also like when Brampton kind of really doubled down on just shitty sprawl. Yeah, yeah. Like, they were not like. Even, like and sprawl is shitty altogether, but on the spectrum of shitty, it was like the shittiest sprawl. Well, they copped out. They wanted those user fees. They wanted the developer fees, or sorry, not user fees, developer fees. So they just built houses. They said yes to anybody that who rolled up to Brampton and wanted a street corner to build a, a subdivision. Yeah, and, and so we had this conversation about tax cuts and tax tax decreases and no no to increasing of taxes and blah blah blah. However you want to frame this, the reality is. Are businesses not coming to Brampton because our residential taxes are too high? Like, is that the reason why Bramptons are saying, or is that the reason why companies and corporations are saying no to Brampton? Because that's what it's being made out as. Like, well, if you keep residential taxes low, we will attract more businesses. I don't know if 0.5%, uh, you know, increase in taxes would drive away corporations. I don't think that's no. the issue. Um, and And even then, I mean, really, when you look at the issue, the issue is more or less it usually just boils down to zoning. You look at every other city and you're going, you're driving on the highway and you look at, when you're traveling through every other city, you will see businesses on the sides of the highway, right? You get off the highway and there's a usually an like an industrial park or there is a business park where people go to work. And in Brampton, you don't have that. You only have a couple warehouses and then that's it. And the and, Mandarin, of course. Yeah, and then other <laughs> other than that, all you have is the backsides of homes. That's all you have. No, there's definitely poor land use planning over the last 20 years that we're now paying the sins for. Uh, But yeah, I I think at the same time, the city can do a more attractive job of of, um, 
bringing in businesses and big businesses. And I think Ryerson would, would go along yeah. with that. And I think the whole cybersecurity uh, stuff that they all announced in the last little while, I think we've discussed it on the show numerous times, like that stuff will attract businesses. Uh, but at the same time, if, if we're decreasing taxes and we're, we're cutting the amount of revenue we can pull in, let us face it, the province is not giving us much money. Right, they're not giving money to nope. anyone for anything, right? And in fact, they're cutting money. Yeah. Right. The feds are walking into an election. Who knows what happens to coming out on the other side of this thing? It, the Justin Trudeau is not looking so hot now. Um, so you have a situation where the city of Brampton is kind of fending for itself and ensuring it has the means to build and provide the necessities and infrastructure for its residents. How are we doing that if we're not going to be a little bit more realistic about what our revenue options are? And in fact, we're just cutting them more. And on top of it, I just want to say this. Um, when you are either freezing your property tax or any sort of tax rates, when you're freezing the tax rate or when you are, um, you know, keeping the, the rate of growth at like, I think, uh, quite the minimum, like 0.8, what you're doing is you're just putting off a tax increase into next year, right? Like whatever taxes that you did not increase this year is gonna is the amount of taxes that are going to be increasing next year. So all you're doing is you're just procrastinating on the taxes you need to pay. That is all from the Brampton Talks podcast this week. The podcast is available on Apple, Google, and Spotify, or by visiting bramptonist.com slash Brampton Talks.